Welcome to episode 63 of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Sarah. We're returning to our S1E1 series today for a special look at the HBO series, The Sopranos. So I have never seen the show before. I've never watched it before earlier today. (laughs) Sarah, I know you also have not seen it previously. Correct. Robert, however... Mm -hmm. Huge fan of The Sopranos. Yeah, I've 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 only watched through it twice in total, and then this is my third time seeing the pilot. Um, but obviously, did not watch it when it was airing because I was uh, nine when this episode aired. Uh, <laughs> so entirely <laughs> too young to be watching this kind of content. But I was fully aware of its existence basically from then on um, because. You know, mo- most of uh, my Italian family from New Jersey very much enjoyed this show. <laughs> I could understand why. Um, Representation matters, Jordan, and it's always nice to see yourself on screen. Previously, if you've never listened or watched an S1E1, we take the pilot episode of a show that one of us has seen, uh, <laughs> but some of us haven't. And today we decided to go with The Sopranos. Because of the film coming out, um, which I understand is a prequel. It's a prequel called The Many Saints of Newark, and that drops on October 1st. So, Sarah, why don't you kick things off? Let us know what you thought. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. What did you think of the pilot episode of The Sopranos? Okay. So, I kind of went into this not really knowing what to expect. I've never been super into mafia, like mobsters type of like film or um, I guess TV shows. I don't really know if anybody in my family has watched this. I actually asked my mom the other day. I was like, did you ever see this? And she's like, no. I was like, okay, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Well, we never had HBO, so that's probably Mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. So I went into this not really knowing what I was going to expect it to be. um, And I ultimately ended up really enjoying it. I did actually watch like two more episodes after this because I was like, okay, like I could get why people got so into this and why it ran for what, like eight? It was eight years? It's well, it's yeah, it was six seasons and they split the second or the last season into two parts that were like, it was the first show to do that. Like, um, I think Breaking Bad wound up doing that and Mad Men did it with their last season where it was like, they were basically two different seasons, but they were calling it one and splitting. Walking Dead even does it, where they have yeah. like a winter break. Um, but yeah, that's how they, they ran this one. But yeah, I can definitely see why it like ran for so long. Um, and because, I mean, obviously because it's been on television since like 1999, I kind of like know how it ends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you know big internet there, it's spoiler. just kind of like ubiquitous at a certain point with the culture that it just is like oh yeah the sopranos yeah. ends this way exactly yeah. but that i haven't like i when i'm watching like when i watch the pilot even knowing how it technically ends like mm-hmm. i haven't felt like that has affected my viewing of it at all it's like totally separate i mean i think the series is phenomenal and the first episode is like a huge taste into what uh is gonna come and then there's so many storylines that the groundwork is laid for here 
before it gets to um like come to fruition so uh the first episode's uh, a gem i really was surprised at this show because although i am familiar with most like mobster media i was assuming that this was gonna be that mm-hmm. i was assuming i was gonna click into it and there was gonna be that type of tension and that type of drama mm-hmm. and it wasn't it's a show about anxiety and how it affects this guy yeah. who's like a larger than life personality like tony soprano is what you think of when like scarface mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. playing but yet at the same time this show looks at the human side of that type mm-hmm. of character and i think that's really interesting and like sarah said i understand why it went for so long yeah it's a character driven show and it's not necessarily a plot driven show Mm -hmm. and i think that plays into why people did not like how the series ended because it wasn't a plot point it was just like the care like the tape had just run out basically (laughs) as far as knowing the ending ahead of it i don't think it necessarily affects it i think it's only going to enhance the viewing mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and i plan on watching more i know that's one of the questions that we like to answer during the s21 mm-hmm. series is will you continue watching and it's a yes from me dog <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're going to hollywood um <laughs> I know, and like uh, I waited till Amanda was able to actually sit down and watch it with me, because I think that will ignite a new rewatch for the two of us. Because we watched it together through the first time I ever watched it, um, and then I watched it a second time without her by myself at home. Um, so now, if we do a third one, it'll be together again. I think, which will be fun, because uh, there's so much that just like happens throughout it there's so many like different characters that get introduced and um no longer than are in the show for some reason um (laughs) we're Um, being very vague but right (laughs) yeah let's let's tighten the scope here a little bit yeah yeah uh talking about the pilot episode and i think it did a very good job establishing who the characters are where they stand in each other's lives mm-hmm. and painting the picture and setting the scene for what this show is. Yeah. Obviously like it's the soprano. So, you know, it's like about this like mob family, um, his family, but like him and like his immediate family specifically and how he acts towards them versus like his outward persona as being this, um, like, uh, do they call him, like, the Don of Newark or something? Like, that yeah, type of, of language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's, like, you have this guy who is literally, it opens, like, he's going to therapy because of panic attacks, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we have people today in, like, 2021 who still don't, like, think about, like, mental health or think panic attacks mm-hmm. are, like, a real concern. And, you know, he's this softer guy and i feel like he's this softer mobster than like we're used to seeing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is i think what makes him as a character super compelling like i'm literally continuing to watch this show because i just want to find out more like i'm not interested in maybe the violence of the you know waste disposal business (laughs) um but because it's it's not like at least 
from like the first episode, it's not like a violence driven show. Yeah, it's not yeah. just gang warfare. They're like that happens to serve where the character and stories go. Exactly. So I think what, like, just to, I guess, say exactly what I said in a slightly different manner, it's like the the duality of his character, like, it shows that he's multifaceted. Like, it just basically, it's like, he's human. He's Mm -hmm. not just a bad guy. Because even while I'm watching this, I'm thinking, this guy, like, if he's a made man, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that mean, like, you've proven yourself in another... Way. Yeah, yeah, you've 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 become part of the group. Like nobody can take violence against you without getting approval for it. Okay. Um so it's like if something happens to you, the person that does it, the the recompense is even worse. Like they might get physically attacked, possibly killed in retaliation, but also if not, they'll also have to pay. So they might lose things that earn them money and they get given to you as an apology for what happened. And it's a way to make sure that everybody keeps their distance so everybody can continue to exist within that framework. And like I had said to you before we started recording, it's just like crazy that a society, the way that they plan it, they paint it out is just like every as long as everybody agrees to the rules, we could exist outside of the law together. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Like yeah. he just straight up hits that dude with his car and they get out and start kicking the hell out of him. Yeah. And everyone's just kind of standing around and they just mm-hmm. pay no mind to anyone. They just get in their car and leave. Yeah. Right. That's it. That's it. That's exactly Call what we cops. were talking about like <laughs> before we started recording. It's just like nobody does anything. Nobody wants to do anything because they probably already know who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a really nice job setting up the fact that everyone knows that Tony Soprano right. like, is like the guy. Even yeah. the therapist. I mean, when she mm-hmm. flat out says like, doctor patient confidentiality, this is like, what's not, you know, what you shouldn't say to me. So it's like, you have this guy, everybody knows that he, even if he's not like the cause of the violence, he's surrounded by this mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. But here I am getting upset over the fact that he is upset about ducks leaving his fucking pool. (laughs) So, like, that is how you make a very humanizing character. (laughs) That in itself is a credit to James Gandolfini completely becoming a different person. Uh, Because, like, it's hard to, when and if you ever see him in something else, separate that's Tony Soprano from what you're uh, what you're actually seeing if you see him in any other kind of media. It's really difficult. You have to become like it's w- like watching a documentary but not filmed in that way. But speaking of how it was filmed, did you, Jordan, especially did you appreciate the uh, cinematography slash art slash artistry of how they shot some of this because the lighting was very dramatic in some of it. It was. It was. I did. And uh, some shots that stood out to me was specifically the bridge scene Mm -hmm. as they're walking that guy over the bridge (laughs) and the camera follows them and then moves upwards. Mm -hmm. I thought that Mm -hmm. that was a great shot. Um, There's been some beautiful cinematography moments in this show. Uh, Like you said, the lighting was very dramatic. They like specifically only lit like half of their faces in um the the club scene. 
it, it kind of built up the tension a little bit because they were cutting back and forth and you couldn't really get a layout of the room in a way because of how dark it was. Uh, it felt very like very much like vignettes almost. Um, but they, Tony mentions a character when Christopher threatens to a- act as himself in his life story because he could make millions from it. Um, Tony says, don't go, what are you going to go Henry Hill on me? And that's the main character from Goodfellas, uh, who was a real person who went through most of what that film portrays. Uh, so they like reference other mob things. They also mentioned the Godfather in this episode and stuff like that. So there was no shying away from the creator's perspective of like, oh, we can't pretend, we have to pretend like those things don't exist. It's like, no, no, these people are in our world. Like yeah. all of those media exist out there. So that's why it's like even weirder to see it actually happening in front of you at the, uh, the HMO building. <laughs> yeah. And that's a testament too to the writing and the performances of these yeah. characters. It makes it feel so real and it grounds the story but these characters have such like an interpersonal like way between them and their dialogue mm-hmm. is so snappy and so like engaging. They act like real people. Like when he's yeah. arguing with his mother, those types of conversations, those are such real things that you don't get necessarily, especially not at the time that this show aired. You don't get that kind of dialogue no. back and forth. On a TV with somebody's show. mother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for perspective, like everybody loves Raymond was really big when this show came out. So like <laughs> just <laughs> the juxtaposition of the two. And people probably watched both of them and they probably could exist in the same place. <laughs> but no, you're right. Dude, the, the the scene with him and his mother, I know there's like multiple, but the one specifically at the house. Yeah, when he first shows up with the radio. Oh my god, how is that not some triggering shit to anybody that has a mom, you know? Uh, (laughs) So many of the things that his mom says and does and her mannerisms, it's really about her mannerisms, her with certain things like legitimately from my grandmother's generation, my dad's mother, and she's so much like that. She wasn't like super affectionate you know what I mean? It wasn't like, give grandma a hug all the fucking time. You know what I mean? She was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> so she's very standoffish, which is exactly yeah, and it's how just the, the Just the personality of that. You know what I mean? You wouldn't want to fucking hug his mother. Just the way that she talks and acts. Right. Because you know? nothing he can do is like ever good. It's just... Whew. Uh, <laughs> when you yeah, see there's, it, like, there's layers damn. here that obviously I'm assuming we unpack as the show continues forward. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excited for that. His mom, his mom is the, is like the root cause of a lot of his mental issues. And when you see it and then, you know, he's like going to therapy, which in and of itself is like a thing. Like the fact that he's even doing it because his position as the boss makes it so if anybody finds out that he's going to therapy all of their business could be aired and they they're all you know in trouble basically yeah and his people already like don't respect him the way that he wants them to or expects them to yeah uh so they doubt him already so if they find this out it's a whole other thing (laughs) which is bringing the stress on so it's like 
this never ending cycle mm-hmm. of stress that he's And then that's not even with. to mention like the bullshit with his daughter and his wife and his kid being a, his other kid being a shithead like <laughs> it's so much man and it's so they like they really take their time in future episodes to like not everything happens at once but almost nothing happens exclusively to itself so it gets very real where there's like three very heavy things weighing down and it's just like what the fuck else could go wrong and then something else goes wrong <laughs> yeah which again brings it back to it feels like reality because usually when it rains it pours mhm mhm you you mentioned his wife and his daughter uh sarah you were a teenage girl once yes um, yes i was <laughs> What did you think of the relationship between his daughter and his wife? Definitely understandable. It definitely felt real. Um, <laughs> my, I would like to think, and like I know my mom will say, like I wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, I mean, I definitely have like an attitude problem, and like my mom and I get like little snippy Mm -hmm. um i always joke that we have like a very passive aggressive household so it's it's never been a lot of like yelling screaming i don't know we're not italian so maybe that has something to do with it definitely absolutely does when we when we get like if my mom and i would get mad at each other we would just like not speak to each other so it's just like but i do get that tension of like wanting to do what you want to do and then your mother just kind of like not necessarily understanding and I mean I grew up with like two brothers so like not to throw my like mom under the bus but there's things that I was not allowed to get away Mm -hmm. with that That my brothers could get Mm -hmm. away with just I think because they were boys especially like my younger brother (laughs) Mm -hmm. but no it's it's definitely real and even like real in the sense of like where it's like okay like mom and daughter are fighting everybody else in the family is like yep i'm out i don't, I don't want a part of it <laughs> nope <laughs> leave me nope. out of it it's just uh, <laughs> so like meadow's reaction to her mom like going into her room and she turns down the the tea the tea party date <laughs> Like her reaction to like, I'm not going. And then she just is like, close the door on your way out and continues to check her email on her yeah. gigantic computer. Yeah. Um, With her dial I mean, up internet. Yeah. In her room though, in 99. So like, you know that they had money if you dude. had your own personal computer in your bedroom in 99. In like yeah. in the 90s, we had like one computer. In it was the in middle the, of the house. In, oh, it was in the basement. It was my dad's <laughs> computer. We had to ask to go Mm -hmm. on it, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you would dial up, so if mom was on the phone... Mm -hmm. You couldn't be on the (laughs) computer. The (laughs) argument and the tension between those two in that scene is Mm -hmm. so funny to me, Mm -hmm. because she was being such a little bitch (laughs) the whole time. Yeah. And, like, immediately from the get-go, like, yes, she wants to go to Aspen, she makes sense. She has a good point. She's saying like Aspen's a once in a lifetime opportunity or whatever, even though right. it's not. But in her world, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, she doesn't want to go do the tea party thing with her mom. Yeah. Uh, so she'd much rather go to Aspen. And all her mom said is keep your grades up and don't and, and just keep stay your up curfew. for curfew. Yeah, <laughs> like make curfew. And what does she do? She's she getting caught in out of the out. house. 
so what is what does mom do obviously take away the one thing that you're looking forward to just because you fucking spited me by not listening (laughs) oh 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 i'm sorry uh you're not grounded no you're just not going to aspen (laughs) yeah yeah continue to do whatever you want you're just not doing the one thing that you do want to (laughs) do i was just like yes tell her i know like watching like watching it i was like okay yeah like i've like i've definitely had snippy conversations with my mom like that now as like closer to 30 (laughs) than i am my 20s i'm just like you like i now i'm on the side of the mom and i'm like well that's when you know you're old Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm sure (laughs) if i had watched this when i was younger i would totally more yeah like more (laughs) see her side of it than uh then now like because now it's like i don't even you're not even listening i'm not even listening to meadow i'm like oh everything that she says is wrong this is terrible right but like also like sidebar her name is meadow yes (laughs) is that that like no like that is is that a thing that's such a, a great observation because every other woman in this show has some sort of italian name that ends yeah. in an A. <laughs> like, there's, like, Carmella, the mm-hmm. wife. And mm-hmm. what is the mom's, like, Livia? Livia. Something. Yeah. And then, like, even his son. Like, his son's a junior, mm-hmm. right? Like He's, he's AJ. Like, it's just and, Anthony Jr. He, right. The J doesn't so it's even, like, yeah. <laughs> and then you have Meadow. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, I do. I've okay. always wondered about that. Like, that's, like, know. wait. That's, like. I don't know. You'd expect like hippie parents. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> like that that was. Child. I think that that was the point. Like they maybe, and I don't know this for sure. It's just my like in my head. Like the story that I've concocted for like the reasoning was just like when they were younger. Maybe they wanted to try to be different than what the tradition was. And when they were having their child, they wanted to like prove that they were going to try to be different and not name her after one of their grandmothers. Uh, (laughs) And they opted to go with something that was a little bit newer. Maybe it was like trending the year that she's supposedly born or some shit like that. Um, So I think that that's just an interesting like, how did she get named Meadow? Yeah, like that It stood out to me so much. Like when they first said the name, I was like... All and right. then as is typical when they talk to her, they all call her Med instead of Meadow. <laughs> I thought the the more violent scenes were very interesting because mm-hmm. they contrasted so much to just the slow talking mm-hmm. interpersonal mm-hmm. scenes. So when that dude gets shot in the back of the head and falls forward <laughs> uh-huh. after yeah. doing a line of coke, <laughs> it stood out to me. Um, yeah. very graphic and I liked it I liked it a lot and I want to see mm-hmm. more of that and I want to see more of them trying to dump a body and <laughs> failing miserably at it like they it was like he, the the older guy whose name is Big Pussy um, <laughs> because his last name when you say it kind of sounds like that i guess is like the reasoning (laughs) um and he's a bigger guy and then there's in the same episode they mention but we don't i don't think we ever see little pussy who's a different person so sometimes they get it's a whole thing you Um, looked over like you were like i can't know the cat the cat hit the door at the same time so that's why i jutted my eyes real quick that little pussy Um, god damn it (laughs) yeah she is little um it's like christopher called him 
to like I just need your help dumping this yeah. and he said yes but he does not know the story yeah he doesn't know the circumstances he's gathering them as they're doing this and then they're, he's like he's like why are you trying to send a message this is just gonna end super bad dude <laughs> yeah. yeah let's just hide him <laughs> which I thought was such a cool thing to to include because he's like teaching him yeah he's like mm-hmm. no this is the way you should this is the do way it. you should do it because it it the plausible deniability of he just disappeared. Right. Yeah. Maybe he will come back. <laughs> like, well, then yeah. you don't when, you don't have like all the Czech people coming mm-hmm. after you. Like, cause then you know you have a body. Well, it's like better chance of you know tying yeah. it back to you. And a body means a murder investigation. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna. There's no way that you clean this up. It's crazy how like they they depicted it and they just also had small talk while they were doing (laughs) because it's just like a part of like literally normal life like (laughs) oh you need some waste disposal all right i got some free time and then and then on top of that to then pout about the reaction to it at a your the other guy's birth kid's birthday party (laughs) is just like the balls of just that just like sitting by yourself like no I'm mad nobody said thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all ego, though. They all want credit. He wanted to make a statement and show initiative. And then when no one acknowledged it, he was like, I'm mad about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's and like specifically with that character too, like Christopher through the show is one of my favorite characters because he's always trying to like, what if we try this? What if we try this? What if we try this? And like they all work or don't to a dependable degree but it's just like he's he's so much fun to go on this journey with too speaking of the journey the narrative structure of this episode with using the therapy sessions as a flashback trigger Mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting decision uh does that continue throughout the show it's hard to say yes or no because They utilize it in some ways. I don't think that they ever really do Tony doing voiceover again to a memory. If you get it, you just get like the full scene of what's happening. A lot of times what you get are um, dream sequences that you don't realize are dream sequences until they're over. (laughs) So sometimes like weird shit will be happening and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you find out that it's a dream or somebody is asleep in some other way and they're like seeing something and you're seeing what they see. Which is cool because in the pilot episode, he mentions that crazy dream Mm -hmm. about the birds. So that's fun to know that they play that throughout the series as like. And they take it all the way to. They all take it all, all the way through too. So like all through six seasons of it, they do different things with dream sequences and shit like that. And you're just like, what? Like sometimes characters who are no longer with us for whatever reason appear in, in different forms in dreams and shit like that. It's very fucking strange. Like sometimes where this show goes and it's just like, I can imagine on a week to week basis, the way that the internet is now, how fucking big this show would be now. Yeah, because it was huge then. But like, I feel like with things like Reddit and the way that people try to like over fucking break down every conversation and thing in the background and talking point, especially with this show where they mention 
a couple of different things and then sometimes they eventually pay off like talking to that person like christopher mentions his cousin gregory like three or four times in this as his connection to hollywood they pay that off i think it's like season three where we meet cousin gregory oh cool so like knowing that like they don't necessarily just mention things to mention them like you're gonna get more of this story as we continue forward and like you mentioned it was like a giant hit back then and Mm -hmm. it's become this cultural phenomenon where like most people they know at least what the sopranos is yeah yeah so i'm excited to go through it and like experience that and notice more like things that they inspired oh, in dude. other shows today because mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. feel like that's gonna happen constantly yeah this is this show was like the foundation for oh we could set something around a guy that's not necessarily the greatest person we could make who would be a villain in most stories the main character and people will fucking like dig that like this is where that like kind of all stems from like i think even the guy that did uh uh, breaking bad said like that show doesn't exist unless the sopranos happens first Mm -hmm. um but it inspired so many shows where like the main character is the anti-hero as they became to be known as um, but I don't necessarily think that Tony's an anti-hero in this. He's just, he's not, there's nothing heroic to do he's, for him. He's a complex guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really it. At the end of the day, Sarah mentioned the duality of his character before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how it was very interesting to me in his one therapy session. She asks him like, do you like what you do? Are you happy and comfortable with the profession that you've chosen? Yeah. And he was just straight up like, no, <laughs> which I think is such an interesting mm-hmm. decision as a character in this mob style show. And he's just like, I don't even like the life that I'm living. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, he's like deeply unhappy, which is where the need for the therapy even comes from. Right. And all of the bullshit stacked on top of him. Like, the foundation of it is sitting on, I'm not even happy to be doing this. (laughs) So, with all of the shit that he incurs, it's just all, it's all just, like, crumbling beneath him on, like, this isn't even nice for me. (laughs) Like, it's nice in that I could do the fucking things that I want and I have the things that I have, but, like, I'm not fucking happy at the core of it. It's crazy. And, like, even in this episode, you get to see him first take his fucking side piece to this restaurant for dinner and then the next thing we're there with his wife he's like he's shitting where he's eating eventually that kind of shit comes home to roost like how do you not he's he believes so much in how much he's protected and insulated by the society that he's existing in that nobody's just gonna see him with his wife next week and go he was here with another woman like nobody would ever in a million years fucking do that unless they had something against him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like the like the host even greeting him at the door like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in months." Like Yeah. And that's how like he oh, so much progresses from all of that discussion <laughs> in the future. Uh so Sarah, I know you talked about Tony Soprano being like a very complex and interesting character. Would you say he was your favorite 
because I think he's my favorite as far as the pilot episode goes. Like, his character alone sold me on the show. No, I agree. And I think, like, his character is specifically why, like, I decided to keep watching after I watched the pilot episode. I mean, obviously, it's... The show is based specifically around him, so there is a little bit of a bias. But I think that he is a strong enough character to lead the show. So he's definitely, he's my favorite. I mean, as far as the pilot goes, we know the most about him. He's the only character that's really three-dimensional in the terms of, like, we know what's going on in his head. We know what's kind of, like, leading him through his life. We see, we know more than just what like a front that he puts on because we see we see the mask and we see the man behind the mask mm-hmm. but um yeah he's definitely he's definitely my favorite so far at least she was so quiet this whole time <laughs> is that margo yeah. of course it's margo skylar doesn't bark <laughs> uh but in terms of like favorite character like to, for sure in the pilot episode i absolutely can agree that like uh tony's my favorite or he's like the best but like as the show there's such an appreciation towards giving a lot of these characters time to expand and unfurl who into who they are as like a total person because the kids both grow up like they keep those actors through the whole series so those kids like we experience them like going through some of the things that kids go through and shit. And um, it's just like super interesting in this first episode. Cause you don't spend a lot of time with people that wind up becoming major players later on. And they're in the episode as background characters. So even just at seeing them in passing at first, you kind of then get them folded in more as time goes on. So it's really, really interesting to go back and see like how they started this off cool i love those little details in shows mm-hmm. they really like it helps submerge the viewer and get you into that world because everyone's already there instead of like oh yeah we're gonna introduce this character and then this guy shows up and right. then there's a new guy in town but then there's another new guy in town like and like they they do introduce new guy in town kind of stuff but a lot of that is like so-and-so just got out of jail and like, hey, you know. <laughs> but there's already a pre-established relationship there. Right, I'm right. Like these characters already exist within this world and operate and they know and mm-hmm. they're aware of each other. Yeah, so. it's not like it's not like somebody moves to town and is like, I want what Tony's got. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like the Walking Dead syndrome where it's like, oh, now it's this big bad that we have to defeat this year. Yeah. And then we beat him in the season finale and then we move on to the next one in the in the premiere. <laughs> There's always the next big boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for like anxiety to be defeated. And then the next big boss is like car trouble or something silly like that. <laughs> Uh, because it's just a mundane yeah. thing. And I think that's why this show is so special. It's such a mundane, everyday experience for so many people is a panic attack, an anxiety yeah. attack. It's just like crippling. And I like the three of us know about that shit. Yeah. And yeah. it's so fun to see a guy like Tony Soprano have to deal, deal with, with that. Yeah. Right. Especially when like, 
you kind of associate these like mob boss types as like being unfeeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like before we started recording, um, Robert and I were just kind of like talking a little bit about mob people. And I said, you know, I was bringing up Richard Kuklin- Richard Kuklinski, the, the, the Iceman. Man. And it's like the epitome of just like an unfeeling mm-hmm. person. I mean, even though he technically wasn't in the mob because he was like Polish or whatever mm-hmm. and he wasn't Italian. But still, it's like that's what you think of. You think of these like hardened criminal types who don't care about other people, who don't have feelings. And then all of a sudden... You have this guy who's literally in therapy because he has mommy issues. <laughs> like his mother is like this horrible, horrible thing. And it's like, and it affects him. Yeah. But like he loves his mother, even though maybe she's he shouldn't. That. And yeah. she's that. But he still loves her because he's family. And I just feel like I'm again. I'm not Italian, but it's like I've I always associate that with like that familyness where family comes first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like even if your mom is like a she devil, <laughs> <laughs> there's a clip of Tony talking to his mom in the second episode, and he says something to the effect of like, "You're just a you're just like a pit of misery or some shit like that." He says to her, and she's like, "Oh, you with your feelings," and she like waves him <laughs> off, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> You just feel that so hard. Because, uh, like, you just know how, even though he brushes that shit off and drives away and shit, like, as he's driving away, he's going like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, why can't she just say thank you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so final thoughts on The Sopranos. I like it. I'm going to keep watching. Definitely cool. going to burn through this first season. Mm-hmm. It defines... HBO for so yeah. long and it really is what set HBO apart from mm-hmm. network television or even movies it brought the quality of film to television yeah and personally I've always been a television guy I've never really been a big movie buff I'm more into serialized storytelling yeah and this show seems like it's right up my alley Like I said before at the start, it's not necessarily a plot-driven show, even though it is. It's more character-driven, and the plot is about how things affect those characters, and those are my favorite kind of stories. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, I always prefer stories that are driven by characters. Um, so that's why it was like a pleasant surprise when I found out how much I really liked the characters in this, like, um, I'm going to continue watching it and I'm really excited to see where it goes because I feel very hopeful, um, that everything is just going to connect together really Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. Like everything that Robert has said so far, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of like loose threads because I hate Mm -hmm. that about Mm -hmm. series that go on forever where they just add things to add things. So, um, I'm really looking forward to just the whole arc of the show and seeing where it goes to the you know, the final scene that we all know what it is. <laughs> I want to, um, I want to get there. But I, what I'm really excited about in watching this pilot now is when the film comes out, the many saints of Newark, which is October 1st. Um, this is as close in time 
as we get to the prequel that the film is. So, like, I don't know necessarily that the film leaves off in a way that transitions into the show or anything like that. Um, But I'm excited to see those characters when they're younger and how everything that happens to them in that film is going to connect to how we catch them in episode one of this now. Um, Like, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, especially with, like, the cast that they have. Um just seems like it's going to be fucking incredible to me. Is it the same creative team? Uh, I don't know like all the way, but I know for sure the creator and showrunner of this is the guy that wrote. And I don't think, I don't know that he directed that. He did direct the pilot in the last episode of this. I think he directed a few more of the first season as well. But that follows... Tony's rise into the that kind of work that he didn't want to do so we're gonna see the reasons why he fell into it and has become the depressed adult that he becomes <laughs> but also the he follow it follows Christopher's father who was like a father to Tony so now we get to go back and see how the show connects to what they did or what they That's talk fun. about and what they show cool so let us know what you guys think of The Sopranos. Have you ever watched it before? Uh, has our review of it given you hope to check it out? Um, if you're a fan of it, are you going to check out The Many Saints of Newark? Let us know. You could always find us and interact with us in our Facebook group, The Pop Cannon Collective. Uh, but also you could find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at pop cannon don't forget the k and if you want to subscribe to us on youtube so you never miss an episode feel free to hit that little notification bell and click on subscribe but we're also available on your favorite preferred podcast platform including apple podcasts spotify and whatever the fucking google thing is and if you want to find us individually, I am on Instagram at Sarah and Dippity, where I basically just post dog photos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're really cute dogs. So you should Thank follow you. her. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at JL24FPS. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please stick around. We have more content (laughs) coming very, very soon for Pop Cannon. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. And I'm Sarah. We'll see you on the next one.